to respect the process. Week. Week. Eight. But it has to be a good feeling for the coaches on Sunday night when they have their players back. No infractions, nothing that yeah. they've heard of, yeah. and they're ready to get back going uh, for another week. No, it is. When you don't have to worry about the, the check-ins and, yeah. and all of that, it's... That's a starting point, but that in you know we say it somewhat in jest, but that's a sign of growth as well. You know, it sounds it says to me, you've got your locker room in a good spot. Yeah, um, it doesn't mean that your locker room's in disarray if somebody screws up, but it it is a good indicator that that guys are taking care of their own responsibilities um, after they've got a little break because. It is, I've heard coaches say it for years. It's one of the most fearful things they do. It's necessary. you got to let guys have a break. Mm -hmm. You need to let them go. Yeah. But at the same time, it is an incredibly nerve-wracking deal waiting on a call that you know you don't want to get. Right. And so if guys do manage their, their situation well and, and get back unscathed, you know they're, they're locked in and they're ready to go to work. I remember talking to coaches uh, from smaller schools, and mm -hmm. they, they they specifically said that was one of the reasons they did not, if an opportunity ever came up sometimes for a, a bigger school, they're like, if I stay here, I know my phone doesn't ring at 2 a.m. most nights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see that. Big, uh, what's to say, big money, big problems. Yep. Not that I've ever had any of either. Or mo no money, more problems. Uh, that's right. We're gonna... Let's see, again, yep. where you and I grew up. I but it is, there's a lot to that. Yeah. You know, peace of mind can't be bought. It can be rented, but it can't yeah, be bought. Right. And so um, I, I absolutely understand where that mindset would come from. Obviously, in case you haven't, we play LSU this weekend. Heard that. Um, I've the, heard that. The Tigers are coming to town. Mm -hmm. Night game. Um, yeah. Monday in his press conference, Coach Saban spent a lot of time listing all of the good players. Uh, so that took a lot. It took a couple minutes yeah. there because there are a lot of good players. And if we start at the very top, obviously Jaden Daniels. Uh, yeah. You know, first in the conference in terms of passing. I think fourth nationally. Mm -hmm. uh, the Tiger offense. They rank first in scoring offense. Average forty-seven point four points per game. Right. He is a guy who you saw last year was talented, but I think has just settled into being one of, if not the best quarterback in the country, uh, best in the SEC right now with all that he's capable of doing. And I was doing a radio interview on the way over here uh, with uh, Jordy Holtberg from the LSU Network. And I said, you know, it, it, the, old, the old days, uh, five years ago maybe, you talked about putting pressure on a quarterback. And if you do that, you, you've got the stop. Mm -hmm. In essence, yeah. okay, traditional pocket guy, you pressure him, it makes it very tough for him to be effective. You've only eliminated one of three potential problems yeah. with Jaden Daniels if you put pressure on him because, all right, he's out of the pocket. Okay, now you got two big things mm -hmm. to worry about. His ability to run on you, but also his ability to throw on the run. Right. Extend plays, make plays with, with his arm while he's on the move. It's a very tough line to walk of not allowing him to sit in the pocket and pick you apart, but also not selling out on pressure to the point that you lose contain and lose sight on him. And, oh, by the way, 
even if he's flushed, you've got to play your assignment in the secondary. Yes, it may be easy to want to cheat up and help with run stop if you think he's going to run, but if you do, he'll throw one over your head uh, to a guy who's going to break off his route. It's, it's a very tough ask of any defense, but if there is one that's equipped to manage it, I really do believe it's Alabama's. I think that they've got personnel, speed, and now a little better understanding of, of their assignments to where they can give Daniels and LSU all they want. Is what we see from Jaden Daniels this year, could we possibly see that from Jalen Milrow next year? That's a great point. Um, you know, the thing, the short answer is yes. I think Jalen, because of his strength, is even more dangerous potentially on the upside than Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels because Jane Daniels can elude you mm-hmm. and he can throw. Milrow can throw it. He can elude you, but he can punish you as well. I mean, he's one of the strongest guys mm-hmm. pound for pound that you'll find on that roster. He is he is really tough, and I think as his confidence grows, you know, this is the type of thing we used to talk about. I probably mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, um, another back-in-the-day type of thing. You look at Jalen Milrow, and you're talking about what his potential is going to be. Mm-hmm. You're excited about where he is now, right. but you're really thinking about what the finished product's going to look like mm-hmm. by the time he's end of his junior or senior year. Nobody does that anymore, right. especially when yeah. you've had the quarterbacks in succession, succession of Jalen, Tua, Mack, and Bryce. Right. Four starters in the National Football League. And that's what he's asked to be. But it's very tough. I think he can be there. I think he's got the tools and the skill to be every bit as dynamic as those four guys were. He's different, you know, from – um, each of those four right. really different in, in their own way in five when you count Milrow in that mix. But I think he's got a chance to be every bit as dangerous in an Alabama uniform as those other four guys were. People are patient, and you continue to grow and get pieces around him. You know, I th- look, um, Jalen Hurts and Tua were phenomenal. And they're doing it in the National Football League. Yeah. But they're doing it in the NFL the way they were in college, with NFL receivers around them. Right. They had they had that available to them. Um, Mac had that. You know, not as many, but Mac had it. Bryce um, didn't have that luxury. And that's why, as good as he was, I think it's a major part of the reason Bama couldn't win at all with him as a quarterback. I don't know that that Jalen has that available to him, um, but I think he is going to get better and better. I think we're seeing it already, and I'm excited about what Saturday looks like with him handling that, but I'm really excited to see what he's going to look like in 12 months. You know, and that's one thing, when when they commit to come play, at the University of Alabama. I think they think they know what they're getting into. 
But until they get on campus and yeah. actually get in the, they don't, and I don't, and maybe because they're 18 and they have a layer of naivety, ignorance, whatever you want to call it, they don't know what the comparison is actually going to be like because they are always going to be compared to either a team of the past or a player of the past. Yeah. I was laughing at the beginning because I was hearing Jim Mora, the famous interview, you think you know, oh, no. but you don't know. No. And yeah. you don't until you get there, until you see it. I mean, Alvin Kamara was, talked about, he goes, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm this guy that I ain't sitting. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to come in, I'm going to yeah. play. And he goes, I look around the room and I'm going, I got no shot. I can get out of here. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's why he wound up in Knoxville. I mean, it's a, it was tough with the, the guys that he had there at that time to try to get on the field. Uh, it's why Alabama was so good, because that one against one was an NFL corner against an NFL wideout. Yeah. NFL D lineman against an NFL offensive lineman. Um, Bama's still really good. Top ten in the country, eighth according to the first, almost said BCS, but according to the first CFP, CFP. ranking. Um, but eighth rather than clear cut, yeah. top three, top four. Still think they can get there. Work to be done, but it is, um, it is really, I think, a, a crucial time these next two weeks because you've got a team in LSU that's obviously as good as they are uh, and getting better mm -hmm. as well. And this one will go a long way towards deciding who wins the West and represents the division in the, the SEC championship game. But even if you win it, you got a really dangerous game in Lexington next mm -hmm. week. Because I don't think Kentucky, you know, head up, Alabama's better than Kentucky. Right. But Kentucky losing to Tennessee, who Alabama just beat by a couple of scores, um, if you're not mentally, let's say you do beat LSU, mm -hmm. are you mentally focused to come back down to earth, go on the road to a place you don't go very often where Alabama historically has been really good? Um, and face a team that is good enough to beat you. Yeah. If you if you play down to the level you have a couple of times this year, you throw the Texas, uh, probably the Texas, definitely the South Florida effort out there against Kentucky. Regardless of what you do this weekend, you're walking out of there with a loss. So this is a huge game. It's a huge weekend, deciding um, where you are going forward. But can you stay focused? to do it for a couple of straight weeks yeah. before you come home to play your last regular season game with Chattanooga. Well, I mean, it's like Saban himself has said that, you know, the ranking means nothing if you don't win the next game. Right. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, the CFP numbers that came out in just, in just a little bit. But there, there is a lot of stake this weekend. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of implications. It's like you said, win this game, the road to Atlanta is a little bit more clear cut. Sure. Uh, by eliminating LSU um, in terms of... Um, the division uh, champion. For Jaden Daniels, a lot of eyes are going to be on him for the Heisman watch yeah. uh, because this is the best defense he will go against. I don't think there's any doubt. And look, Alabama's defense uh, has enough guys on it, a bunch of them, that were a part of last year and were really disappointed they let that one go yeah. away. It was, you know, they've avenged one right. in Tennessee. 
had to fight like crazy. I know won it, you know, obviously by a couple of scores, but had to work to get it there uh, after looking bad in the first half. So they've they've got that one checked off the list. But this is another one that's always big because of what it normally means, and it means this again. But also you throw the added piece of that gimmick that got us and we, we had to watch him storm the field yeah. and it kept him from going to Atlanta. So can you, can you get that fixed and make sure that these last two conference games are ones that, that allow you to play from ahead rather than behind in terms of division standings? Well, and so much uh, for Alabama's defense, it's not even going to be stopping LSU. It's going to just be limiting yeah, them. exactly. Uh, you're, you're going to have to figure out a way to combat these numbers because when you look at just what the wide receivers have done, uh, you know, Malik Neighbors, 56 receptions, nine touchdowns. And, right. that, and he's number one in the conference. Number two is Brian Thomas Jr., and he has 11 TDs. Um, they, you know, and just in the top five, they have two receivers. Um, and then they have, you know, Kyron Lacey and Mason Taylor. So many weapons. Right. But. I think if you're going to have to lean into this game, you're going to want to lean on Alabama's defense. Um, you're telling me this won't be another 9-6 game like we saw in the... I'm not uh, saying anything. Okay. I, I, I've seen crazy stuff happen. Yeah. I, I'll, I, will, I will place whatever wager you'd like on it not being 9-6. Yes. However, I don't think this is going to be last year either where they're getting up and down the field and... Um, you know, it's out of whack offensively. I think this will be – I think if if somebody gets to 30, they're winning it. You know, I, I, I'm i not going to be shocked if it's a 28-24, you know, 27-21 uh, type deal. I just – I think you're going to see some points scored, but I don't think it's going to be just the absolute track meet. Yeah. that we've seen. I, from Alabama's perspective, you, I don't think you can afford that, although the LSU defense, especially the secondary, has been burned bad. Yeah. And if, if Jalen can do what he's done this year, and that's get guys behind that secondary and give him just enough time, yeah. then, yeah, they could have a big day. Well, and you look at it, it's almost a matchup of inconsistencies when you have Alabama's mm-hmm. offense and LSU's defense. Right. Because I think that's really the biggest question of the game. What is going to decide this, the two strengths of the two teams? Because if you were to put LSU's offense and Alabama's defense together, mm-hmm. give me any other team in college football, yeah. maybe even um, the Bears or any other. The Bears. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's either going to be strength versus strength or weakness versus weakness. It's going to, I think, determine. And this is another week. We bring it up every week. It hasn't really been as much of a factor. Um or at least uh, coming down to a final kick. But special teams big again yeah. when you've got the two that are, are like they are. And, again, Alabama will put their specialists against any two anywhere. They've just been that good. And, uh, you know, again, Kool-Aid's, Kool-Aid's got to get it done in the, the return game from a, a punt return standpoint. You can't afford to have any mistakes there. We, we've survived it. A time or two, but you can't have it in a game like this. And that is an area that we, we have not seen. If I'm, we have not seen a touchdown return, uh, a kickoff return for a touchdown. Had one call back. Okay, that's right, and a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah. 
would we possibly see a change um, when it comes to any sort of special teams? Uh, the punt return, I think there's the potential for that if there's another bad hiccup mm-hmm. that results in a change of possession. Um, obviously, this is not just a show up and see what happens in a game. This is something that you're, you've looked at in practice, you've looked at in the spring. They've gone through a lot of different live situations to determine that Kool-Aid gives them the best chance. Yeah. But if you know, if you get the yips, yeah. You may have, and I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying that that's one where you don't have to have um, big returns. Mm-hmm. You just can't make big mistakes. And if if Kool Aid will handle things a little better, not let up, you know, not call a fair catch, let a punt go by, and, and get an additional 20 yard roll, and now it's down inside the five. Um, He's just got to be more sure of himself. Yeah. The great thing is, and especially with a guy like him, it only takes one good big play. Right. And he'll be completely yeah. off the charts. So every time, you're always hoping your your team's going to get a big play and get a touchdown especially. Yeah. But if he can get one, I think it could open up a lot for Alabama in the punt return yeah. game. Year two for Brian Kelly, mm-hmm. and obviously year one was a big win for him to be able to beat sure. Nick Saban in Baton Rouge. And we used to say, you know, in a second year, oh, he's still playing with the former coaches' guys. Not That's anymore. not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And to come into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama, that's what they hired Brian Kelly to do. Sure, and he's done it once, and it's one more time than he'd ever done it in his career. Now, granted, not a ton of opportunities, but he'd been, he'd been bludgeoned pretty good with players with Notre Dame speed. Mm-hmm. Now he's got SEC speed at a place where you can get it as fast and in as large a supply as anywhere else. You're going to get players that – that's why he went. Yeah. He knows he can get them. Um, he knows he's playing a different game with – I say a different game. A different game from what he was playing in South Bend, but with weapons that match what he's having to battle against. Mm-hmm week in and week out, especially in matchups like this against Crimson Tide. Um, Do you want to have a little more uh, of your talent base and more depth to your recruiting? Yes. But at the same time, he's in a good spot, and it would be enormous for Brian Kelly uh, if he could find a way to beat Nick Saban a second consecutive year Mm -hmm and put LSU in the SEC championship game for a second straight year because I can't remember where they were in the in the uh, we got like 14 rank, 13. yeah but you beat Alabama on the road you find a way to get to Atlanta you win the SEC title you're going to be right there I don't know you know there's other things that would have to right. play out for them to get at one of those top 4 slots but for him to be in the conversation in his second year He's uh, in back-to-back divisional titles mm-hmm. by beating Nick Saban right. in Alabama. Heck yeah, that'd be massive for him. And we, we, you know, we talk about what could happen for Alabama, but what could happen for Alabama if they were to lose this game? Where does that? 
Where does that? Where, and I know that we're going. We don't want first, to go to that dark place. First of all, my therapist says I'm not supposed to. Talk I know. About I it. know. That's why I don't want anybody really. I'm just just hypothetically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> you know what coach says because about hypotheticals? It's not a rebuilding year is not acceptable. No, it's not, and it would be. Um, Another year where you go into the Iron Bowl without having a chance to go to Atlanta. That's just got a, that's a lousy feel. Yeah. You know, it, it, it causes you to look at things that you just don't want to look at. Uh, will, guys, will guys stay focused? Mm -hmm. Will guys stay locked in? I had no concerns about that last year. Will guys stay? But I had no concerns about that because I knew Bryce Young and Will Anderson were the two leaders on that team mm -hmm. that were not going to let everybody else check out. Right. There's not that type of dynamic again. I'm not saying you don't have leaders on that or team. Or even yet. Correct. But it's not a – you don't have potentially the top two picks in the NFL draft mm -hmm. on your roster, one on each side of the ball, and two of the best leaders you've ever had. Okay, so that's going to be um, that would make it more of a challenge than it was last year. Um, I just think it will it will be so different based on the outcome. Mm -hmm. You lose, you're you're worried about guys staying focused and. You know, how does everybody manage that? And I mean everybody from yeah. fans, media, players, coaches, you know, ticket takers, all that stuff. Um, that's a lot at Alabama when you're used to playing for everything. You win it, and now you're set up with these, what, three regular season yeah. games to go where you're going, okay, we got a chance to play for the whole ball of wax again. Mm -hmm. And it could be because I'm, I believe that the SEC champion with just one loss is still going to be in your college football mm -hmm. playoff. You know, is it, is it Georgia? I think if you know, Georgia somehow has a loss, which I don't think they will, but if they were to, um, Georgia's going to get back in yeah, if agree. they were to win the, the, right. the conference. Alabama beats an undefeated Georgia. Mm-hmm. And maybe even a one-loss Georgia, but definitely an undefeated Georgia, with their only loss coming to Texas in week two. Yeah, I think Alabama gets in. Um, but if you don't take care of business Saturday, right. you're not gonna have to worry about the yeah. conversation. Well, and that's you know, the first uh, CFP rankings were out on Tuesday night. Uh, Ohio State number one. I don't think a lot of people were surprised about that. There had yeah. been a lot of talk that that's probably uh, who was going to come out number one. Alabama number eight with Oregon and Texas, the other one-loss teams mm -hmm. kind of knocking on the door. Some things will happen before the end of the season, that there will yeah. still be a shakeup in the top four. But right now, they, Alabama still controls their own destiny. They yeah. just have to keep winning. Sounds Easy. dumb. No, it, it doesn't, but there are teams out there. And again, I don't have the list in front of me, but there are teams out there with one loss. That I, you I, have I should no have printed chance. that out for you. I'm sorry. Oh, it's my fault. I should have I looked should've, at it, no, but I was okay. spending Halloween talking to a quarterback club last night rather than, than locking in like I should have. Oh, but come on. there's got to be other one loss teams out there that are sitting there going, doesn't matter what we do, we're not, right. we're not getting in. 
That's pretty much the case every year, and it's part of why we're going to a 12-team format. Okay, um, but Alabama, I just can't see as a league champion who would own a victory, mm-hmm. presumably over a uh, two-time national champion in a row. Yeah, could happen, but I, I would find it hard to believe that the league champion with just one loss doesn't make that mix. So last week when we were talking, you know, you were talking about how Coach Saban, his kind of tell is if it's cold, it's like this. But, you know, the higher the it's arms either, go up. That's either ticked or cold. Yeah. So the higher the arms go yeah. up. So uh, last week on Pat McAfee's show, uh, Pat was asking him about the Michigan cheating allegations. And his arms started down here. Mm-hmm. And the longer the discussion went on, they were like. More uncomfortable. Because I think that this is sending a shockwave throughout the entirety of college football. And I think a lot of coaches, it's either put some on notice to either clean up their house or it's put them on notice of we need to make sure that we don't get caught. Yeah, and you're right. I think there's – I think it's twofold. I do think that a lot of it is exactly what you said. Um were you know people worry in general certainly I'm not talking about coach but people in general look at it and they go um, uh oh yeah either you know could we be next or I wonder if that's going on totally unbeknownst to me yeah beneath my spot as the the head of the organization but I think the other part too is the reluctance to bash somebody else mm-hmm. when you know you don't know all the facts. Exactly. And so you're you're expected, especially in this role with with he, what he does on McAfee show, and I don't watch it, but I've you know, I've seen clips. Mm-hmm. There is a reluctance to be critical of anybody, mm-hmm. but especially when you don't know the exact circumstances. And I think that's as much as anything yeah. where the uncomfortable look comes oh. from him. Not necessarily, uh-oh, they're on to me. No, but, I don't think that's it at all. from, I really don't want to talk about this, but I'm actually, this is what I'm on this show for. Mm-hmm. And he does get that. He may not be comfortable with it sometimes, but he understands. Yeah. That's what he's there for. So um, that's where it can get a little dicey, and he's going, oh, I really wish I hadn't agreed <laughs> Why to do did this. I yeah. The other one that came from uh, McAfee's show last week was he asked him uh, if he would be driving his Ferrari that day, and Coach Saban's response was, I don't know if I'm obsessive-compulsive, but I only drive the Ferrari on Wednesday if it's not raining. I don't know if that makes me obsessive-compulsive. I'll put it this way. I don't drive a Ferrari on Wednesday if it's not raining or not shining. That's a good point. You won't see me driving a Ferrari Regardless of the weather conditions, not on a Wednesday, or a Thursday, or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you won't see me. I just want—I I would love to see Coach Saban drive into the building in his Ferrari because I—I I would, I would like to see if he's cautious or if he's like, let's see what what this thing can do. We've seen him ride a go kart now. Yeah, no, it was on the video, not the or scooter or whatever it was. Right. Thing that's going in circles and spin out. I mean, seen him drive. You know, ski boat, yeah, stuff like that. He, uh, for somebody that's accused of having no fun, he has a lot of fun. I think he does. 
think he does too. Okay, so you think anyone that gets over thirty this weekend? I think. Or both. I think. I'd be shocked if both teams are in the 30s. I yeah. think the winning score. I'm not saying that the winning score even gets to 30, but I can't see more than one team getting there. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think it's the track meet of last year. I don't think it's nine six, but I think that you know high 30s, high 20s wins because I think one team's going to be held to 24 or less. Yeah, but a great way to go into this game having the way they finished against Tennessee. Yeah. Week off to hopefully get healthy, get yeah. their minds back. You know. LSU's got some guys beat up. Yeah. So it's, know. Uh, n- you know, no sympathy for the opposition. But Tarion will be back, right? Tarion, after uh, some, I would think so. Yeah. I think he's going to be back after. A little concussion. Yeah. So to clear, he wasn't in a, a terrible spot, from what I understand, held him out because of protocol. Yeah. Uh, in the latter part of that game, but the week off because of the bye. I think certainly helps him. Yeah. Hope so. It's, yeah. it's you know they've shown they can respond and adjust, which is great from a growth standpoint. But you're at your best when your best players are on the field, right. and, and he's one of them. There's no doubt. Well, we will look for you this weekend in Tuscaloosa. Do that. We can look. We can listen. Mm-hmm. We can also find you at Chris Stewart. Chris. Chris Stewart Online dot com. Whatever you want Chris to say. Chris Stewart. Stewart. That's right. Two yeah. S. ChrisStewartOnline.com and uh, Twitter at C Stewart Sports or X at C Stewart Sports and just social media in the heck and out of it. Just look for him. But obviously, it will be a big weekend in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I would imagine a big recruiting weekend as well. Always but. is. And basketball starts next Monday. Oh, gosh. Uh, so uh, a lot going on. Game day being in town. Are they Saturday. going uh, basketball? Are they? Do they have a good Thanksgiving trip? Or big? Are they in a good Thanksgiving tournament? Uh, the week, yes. the The week of the Iron Bowl, mm-hmm. which is Thanksgiving week, I'm going to actually get to do the Thursday game, I believe, against Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, no, it's a Friday game. I'm sorry. It's down in Destin. Nice. They're playing at, I think it's Northwest Florida uh-huh. Community College. Uh, playing in there, from what I understand sold out or close to it. Now, not a massive arena, but a good size yeah. facility. And I think Oregon, and I've drawn a blank on who the fourth okay. team is, but it's four good power conference teams that are there. And, you know, great that Bama fans can be around yeah. the holidays and go see them. I know. I was just making sure they were giving you at least a good Thanksgiving or Christmas trip. I'm, uh, I might I might have to get down there a tad early well, have Thanksgiving to prepare. near the beach. Oh, sure. It's all prepped. I know. Okay. Well, we look forward to seeing you and listening to you this weekend. Thank you much. And uh, we hopefully look forward to hearing a spirited... Roll Tide. Respect the process. We will see you back next week. Chris Stewart, Kelly Hunter. Take care. Bye-bye.